Sam Hartman is already one of the most accomplished quarterbacks in all of college football in 2023, but could his lone season at Notre Dame be the best year of his career? All that more coming up next on Locked on Irish. You are Locked on Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Irish. It is Wednesday, March 15th, and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. The show is free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, so whether you're watching or listening, please take a moment to hit that subscribe button. My name is Tyler Rojak, and I am the host. I've been a Notre Dame fan for my entire life. I graduated from the university in 2018, and I've been podcasting about the football team for the past three years. I'm also a producer for the college football talent at the Fox Sports headquarters in L.A., and this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. And in today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame beat writer for Blue and Gold and On3, which makes back-to-back episodes with someone from the team at Blue and Gold, which is uh, which is great because I love the guys over there and the work they do. Tyler and I talk a bunch about the quarterback competition between Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner. I think Horka's coverage of the quarterback situation over the past couple months has been really solid, and he shared some great insights during our discussion Plus, we've got some bold predictions at the end, so stay tuned for that. Notre Dame kicks off spring practice a week from today on March 22nd, so this was a great way to lead into that. And as a reminder, we'll have you covered here on Lockdown Irish with daily podcasts Monday through Friday throughout spring ball, so you won't want to miss that. All right, let's talk to Tyler. All right, Tyler Horker from Blue and Gold and On3 joins us now. Tyler, I'm excited to have you on, man. We've been talking about doing this for a while now, and I want to start by saying I don't think there's a person on the beat who's been more locked into Sam Hartman from the moment he announced his decision uh, to transfer to Notre Dame. Is that is that fair to say? I think so, and we're going to talk about those uh, game rewatches, I guess you would call them, that that I was doing the last couple of months. Every single time I sat down to do one of those, I was like, you know what, I'm doing this because nobody else is. And for one, I know a lot of Notre Dame fans and, and people who just follow the program in general would wanted wanted to have seen something like that. And for me, I kind of want to know the guy that we're about to start watching in spring practices next week, obviously fall camp and then into the, the regular season a little bit better and a little bit more. So it helped me. I think it helped a lot of Notre Dame fans. So it was kind of a fun offseason project for sure. Yeah, so for those of you who are unfamiliar, Tyler watched every single play or every single offensive play from Wake Forest last season and documented each of his thoughts and analysis on blueandgold.com. So I encourage you to go check that out um, if you haven't already. And look, I think most of us are pretty familiar with the general scouting report on Hartman by this point. Like he throws a great deep ball, a great back shoulder fade. Um, He's a good enough runner that the defense has to respect it, but he is uh, throwing some interceptions. But what are some of the biggest lessons you learned about Hartman's game that you didn't know before you watched an entire season's worth of film? You get the cliche that a guy is a gamer or a guy's going to bring it every single time. But I really didn't know just how much Sam Hartman embodied that until I watched those games. I mean, the, the interceptions that you mentioned every single time he threw one, he was first to blame himself. I mean, I saw some interceptions where, it would go right off the wide receiver's hands or the wide receiver ran a wrong route. And it clearly was not Sam Hartman's fault, but he would not ever get in the face of anybody. He just went back to the sideline, grabbed the iPad, looked at himself in the mirror and said, Hey, what can I do better? 
should I have thrown that ball? So it was really interesting just to see his mannerisms. I think game in and game out, Notre Dame is getting a, a 24 year old who I think he might be 20 or maybe he's 23 turning 24, 24 turning 25. I don't know what it is, but this guy is, is a veteran who has seen a lot and has done a lot of like self uh, introspection. I would say he's kind of looked at himself and tried to make himself a better football player. We just talked to him uh, a week ago when, when this comes out, literally a week to the day. And I was just totally impressed by the way that he kind of carries himself in a press conference setting and having watched all of these games, I'm not surprised because it's like a mirror image, the way that he carries himself on the football field and the way that he spoke to the media the other day. So my biggest takeaway is just this, this guy's everything that you want in a quarterback. You want him to be leading your football team. I think that's why Notre Dame is so excited to get a guy like this because let's face it, he started 45 games in his career and if Notre Dame didn't go out and get this guy, they'd be starting Tyler Buckner, who I think is really talented. I've come on with you guys before and, and said how much I like Tyler Buckner's game, but he's only started three college football games in his career. Right. Sam Hartman has started 45. And with that comes the maturity that I spoke about. And obviously the things that you said too: the back shoulder fades, the deep ball. I mean, he hit every single throw that you would ask a quarterback to make over the course of those 12 games that I watched. So he's really the total package. Yeah, it's funny that you mention him being a gamer and how tough he is because I think most Notre Dame fans, their first impression of him was a long time ago. I believe it was the, uh, man, it was, was, I think it was the 2018 season. Yeah, Yeah. Notre Dame played Wake Forest and he got crushed. And now Mm -hmm. he's a freshman at the time. But I remember when he, when he announced he was transferring, like, wait, that, that was Hartman? Like, yeah. that was so long ago. But, man, he really just hung tough back there, took some licks. Now, you talked a little bit about his, his mannerisms, his leadership off the field. On the field, what do you think are his absolute best traits as a quarterback? I think it's the deep ball that, that we've talked about. It, every single game, and I don't know, uh, this is what I'm most curious to see with Notre Dame, is how much they can take that deep ball throwing prowess that he showed at Wake Forest and incorporate it into – what everyone likes to call a, a more pro style offense, right? We're not going to see this slow mesh. If, if you go back and watch my or, or read my rewatch pieces, you're going to see that the Wake Forest offense is completely different than pretty much what anybody runs. And if you're a Notre Dame fan, you see it with Stanford quite a bit. So you're, you're at least a little bit familiar, but it hasn't worked against well, Notre Dame. It worked one game. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah I, I guess. But I don't think that was a, yeah. an offensive. Uh, you know, throw down like you saw with Wake Forest. Anyway, getting back to the point with 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 Hartman, you want to see that deep ball come to Notre Dame. And if it doesn't, then I think you start pointing fingers at scheme and coaching and maybe even talent that Notre Dame may or may not have in the wide receiving core. Because what I saw in watching all those games from Sam Hartman was a guy who can absolutely throw the deep ball. If it's one-on-one coverage, Odds are he's going to put it in a place where only the wide receiver catches it, and you're either looking at a 30-yard gain or a 50-yard touchdown. I saw that time and time again, and I was telling you a little bit, Tyler, before we got on here and started recording that I had like these drive charts up when I was watching these games, and I would kind of get a sense for where the drive was going when I was watching Hartman, and I would just kind of like scroll down and and look a few plays ahead, and I would see 32-yard gain, 42-yard gain. And I knew that most of those weren't going to be like a little dump off and the wide receiver, the running back, whoever it is, runs for a lot of yards. Those were all air yards. Sam Hartman led the nation in air yards, which means he was throwing the ball farther and putting it in the wide receiver's hands 
better than anybody in the country. So I think when you're looking at what he can actually bring to Notre Dame on the field, it's that element of verticality that pretty much every college fan base longs for, especially if you're Notre Dame who just watched 10 games of, of a backup quarterback playing. And you don't even really know what Tyler Buckner has in the long game too, right? That's You can see him throw that deep ball. I think he threw a, one at Ohio State that comes to mind uh, to Braden Lindsey. That was just picture perfect, gain of 30, get the team down there and, and keep the drive rolling. Sam Hartman can do that drive in and drive out. And it's one of the major reasons why Notre Dame went out and got him. We'll be right back with Tyler Horka in a moment, but first I want to talk to you about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored and threes made. My totally unbiased pick of the night is Cavs money line. Take them over the 76ers tonight in the primetime game on E. ESPN. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame hasn't really had a, a strong, deep ball passing game since 2015, but that was when they had Will Fuller and Deshaun Kaiser. So I'm sure that Notre Dame fans are eager to see that aspect of the game back on the field on Saturdays. Now, that's all great, uh, but we can't ignore the two-game stretch there against Louisville and NC State. Um, I think Hartman accounted for nine turnovers, six interceptions, two of which were returned uh, for touchdowns. Those were against Louisville, and he lost three fumbles. What went wrong there? Pressure. Pressure, pressure, pressure from the defense. And it's funny because I think Clemson was the game before that, or it was it was somewhere in that three games. They might have lost three in a row, and Clemson was a part of that. We don't include that in the statistics that you were talking about because Sam Hartman was awesome in that Clemson game. I think he threw four or five touchdowns, might not have had any interceptions, or it was one at the most. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but – Clemson tried the same thing. They tried to get to him, and it was just one of those days where Hartman was reading the defense accurately, getting the ball out, getting the ball where it needed to go. The games that you mentioned, those defenses were just all over him. I think the offensive line had a bad game in each of those games. There were tight end missed assignments in blocking. There were running back missed assignments in blocking. I think that's going to be a huge thing for Notre Dame because if you look at the pro football focus numbers – Audrick has to make Chris Tyree, Logan Diggs. None of them are a very good run or a pass blocker, excuse me. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can hold up in, in some of the things that they're trying to get Sam Hartman to do, get the ball out, give him a little bit of extra time to make those deep balls that we're talking about. But in those games that, that you mentioned, there was, the, the pass protection was just bad. And, and again, I said that Sam Hartman is a guy that is going to blame most of these interceptions on himself. He'll do that, but – I mean, you can't watch those games like I did and not see that it was the the pressure that was getting to him. I mean, there there were so many instances where no, or Wake Forest, excuse me, didn't turn the ball over, and you said, "Man, that was just really shoddy pass protection." He had no time, whether he took a sack or had to throw it away, whatever it is. That's going to be kind of. And Sam Hartman talked about this when we talked to him in the media last week. He said, yeah, some of those games where I didn't have my best, defenses came after me. And I learned a lot about myself, probably learned a lot about his Wake Forest team. And again, maybe that's part of the reason why he transferred. He wants to see what he can do with 
uh, offensive talent that Notre, Notre Dame brings in, offensive line talent that Notre Dame brings in. And Joe Rudolph, which he thought it was going to be Harry Heastan, but I think Joe Rudolph is a really good offensive line coach as well. I think this is just a better spot for him to maybe showcase himself a little bit more because at the end of the day, the NFL is his ultimate goal. As a quarterback, he wants to play at the next level. I think Notre Dame could be the springboard for that. In those games where Wake Forest was turning the ball over a lot, losing football games, I think you saw the results of, hey, these are three and four star offensive linemen, not four and five stars. And these are running backs who can't hold up in pass protection. Maybe Notre Dame, again, I mentioned that these guys haven't proven it yet, but you think that Audric Estime with his size figures it out. Logan Diggs is a very physical guy. He's going to figure out how to pass pro. So I, I just think that he went to a place where I, I right now it's it's March 15th, right? I will say that Sam Hartman is not going to have a game where he throws four or five interceptions, three, four or five interceptions like he did at Wake Forest. I can guarantee you that right now. Two, maybe three will be the most that we see in any game. And that's just because he's taking shots, not because the offensive line is going to let him down. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of modifying the interception stat. So there's like an asterisk or something. If it hits the player's hands or if he's getting sacked or something like that, I think that would change the way we look at some of Sam Hartman's numbers. But you mentioned the NFL aspect, right? We know NFL scouts want to see how well Hartman plays in a more traditional pro-style offense compared to the slow mesh that he was running at Wake Forest. But outside of playing in a different system, what aspects of his game does he need to improve upon to help his NFL draft stock? Is it arm strength? Um, decision-making, what do you think that scouts are looking to see this season? I don't know how much he's going to improve arm strength. Like I said, he's yeah. a 20, 24-year-old guy. Uh, I think he's got enough of it. Now, Is he if he went to the NFL, was is he going to have one of the biggest arms? Is he Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen? No. But I think he can make the, like I said, the 40-yard downfield throw that you need to see in the NFL. So I'm not so worried about that. I think it is decision-making because some of these interceptions are on him. Anytime you throw 12 interceptions in back-to-back seasons, some of those are going to be your fault. Now, I'd argue that if you're having a guy that's throwing close to 40 touchdown passes every single season and you're only getting 12 interceptions out of that guy, which is one per game, you can live with the one interception if he's going to throw four touchdown passes per game. So decision-making a little bit. I think he's. you mentioned the pro-style thing, and I said it a little bit earlier. Wake Forest only completed, I want to say, between a dozen to a dozen and a half passes. And I may be overshooting this a little bit. Again, I don't have these numbers in front of me to running backs. And this is a Notre Dame offense that passed the ball to running backs all the time. I mean, Chris Tyree caught 24 passes. I think Logan Diggs and Andre Estime had 10 apiece right there. Between those two guys, you already have more than the entire Wake Forest running back core in 2022. So, I'm most curious to see in these spring practices and then definitely going into the season, how much is Sam Hartman looking to dump the ball off to the running back or when a play is designed to go to Logan Diggs? Because, I mean, we saw it at North Carolina, right? Logan Diggs took a like a little mini wheel route out of the back out of the backfield for 75 yards and a touchdown. When those plays are called, how comfortable is Sam Hartman to say, okay, I got to make sure I'm looking downfield, but I know this ball is going to the running back. You haven't seen a whole lot of that from him, from him in his career. And then obviously I kind of want to see him get the tight ends involved a little bit more. Wake Forest had a decent one last year, but Notre Dame is losing Michael Mayer. And I want to see if he can make Mitchell Evans a star or if he can make Eli Raritan, Holden stays, those guys a star 
uh, at Notre Dame because it's, it's, it's easy. You can ask Drew Pine. It's really easy to dump the ball off to number 87 and, and let him go or find 87 wherever he is on the field. Sam Hartman doesn't have that guy. So uh, what he did at Wake Forest was make a lot of guys that you wouldn't think are going to be superstars, especially at a place like Wake Forest, stars. Can he do that at Notre Dame where, I mean, the, the baseline level is crazy. Wake Forest is recruiting three stars, four stars at the wide receiver level. Sam Hartman made them look like four and five stars. Notre Dame has the four stars. Can Sam Hartman make those guys look like five stars? Because I think that kind of like a point guard in basketball, that's what a quarterback does for your team is make guys better. Can he make Lorenzo Styles have a really good season? Can Jaden Thomas, Deion Colsey, those guys improve upon what they were already doing, which was decent. We, we saw it. There, there were flashes. Can he make those guys like Jamal Banks, a wide receiver at uh, Wake Forest, for example? Yeah. Not very highly recruited. Goes in there, and I think he catches upward of 10 touchdowns. He's, he's like a 40 to 50 catch guy. Um uh, Flirting with the thousand receiving yards, I think he was in you know the six hundred range, seven hundred range, whatever it was. Notre Dame didn't have any wide receivers get even close to that last year. Can Sam Hartman kind of elevate the play of this entire pass catching core? That's what the NFL is going to be looking for too. They're going to say, okay, these are what the Notre Dame wide receivers did with Drew Pine, Tyler Buckner, Jack Cohn. Even what does Sam Hartman make them do if he kind of just elevates the entire floor? and kind of pushes the ceiling of this Notre Dame offense up, I think NFL scouts are going to love that. Yeah, I think there's definitely some skill players at Notre Dame who are going to benefit greatly from having Hartman as their quarterback. And I actually want to save that. I have a bold prediction later I want to share with you. But um, you raise a good point about throwing to the running backs and what is he like throwing short intermediate passes because it's on the outside, you think like, okay, well, he throws a great deep ball. Of course, he's going to be able to throw like the five-yard swing route. It's actually kind of difficult <laughs> for some quarterbacks. It's kind of like uh, a pitcher in baseball who can just throw it 98 to home plate but can't throw it over to first base to for like a pickoff move. Like John Lester with the Cubs a couple of years ago, he had the yips and literally would not throw it to yeah, first. Yeah, I remember but, that. Yeah, so we talked a lot about Harbin. Um, let's talk about Tyler Buckner because I think you and I are both still pretty high on him and big believers in Buckner that if his number is called, he can get the job done. What does Buckner need to do in spring practice to give Hartman a run for his money at, at QB1? Yeah, Tyler, Tyler, of course, we'd be a proponent of another yeah. Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, yeah. Tyler to the third power. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think he can't try to do too much because I think he's at a point, I talked about the inexperience a little bit earlier where he's only started three games in his college career. If he tries to go beyond that and say, Hey, I'm, I'm a guy who's started a dozen games or two seasons. He's not that guy. So just be who you are. The coaches know that the coaches know about your injury history. And you got a little unlucky with the hit at Marshall and you had to sit 10 games. The coaches know all of that. Marcus Freeman knows that Jared Parker, everybody knows that. So just go out there and wow them a little bit, maybe being the fact that they know that you only played in three games last year and you only, you started all three of those obviously, but the third start didn't come until the bowl game, go out there and make it seem like you're a guy that has started all those games, but don't try to be, don't try to be something that you're not. They know that you're not that guy, but maybe you internally, if you're Tyler Buckner, you're sitting here, you're like, man, if I had played all those 10 games, I would have done better than I don't want to say I would have done better than Drew Pine, but but maybe you would have because you beat out Drew Pine in the offseason quarterback competition. Go be the guy that you think that you can be, not the one that you showed in the first 
two years of your of your career. So for him, I think it's when you look at what that means, doing the little things, obviously. You don't want to let anything slip through the cracks. You don't want Marcus Freeman and Jared Parker to be sitting there and saying, well, Sam Hartman's doing this and Tyler Buckner's not doing that. There, there are little things that even though you're Tyler Buckner and you have way less experience than Sam Hartman and everyone already is sharpieing in Hartman for this job, there are things that Buckner can do just on the day-to-day basis that kind of puts him at an even level with Hartman before they even step on the field. And if you're starting at an even level with a guy who started 45 games over five seasons in his college career, has thrown more touchdown passes in the ACC than anybody else in history, if you're able to step even with him before you guys get on the field, I think you're starting from a really good place. Now, once you get onto the field, again, you're you're going to have to wow the coaches a little bit. And maybe that's with the athleticism that everybody has fallen in love with over the years with Tyler Buckner, right? Maybe it's you run for a big chunk of yardage in a game and everyone's saying, holy cow, I forgot that this is what Tyler Buckner can do and and Sam Hartman can't do that. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be some of those things. Make a throw down the field where you're like, okay, Sam Hartman can do that. I already knew that. But, hey, Tyler Buckner can do this too. And if he can do these things with his legs as well – Sorry, my dog is making all kinds of noise in the background here. I think I left the plate on the on the ground. <laughs> We're leaving this in. You have to. I'll, <laughs> I don't know if you watch any of the YouTube videos that I do with Mike yeah. Singer, but Ollie is always a star of the show. He is. Uh, but yeah, it's just what I was getting back to with don't play outside of yourself because at the end of the day, you're still the true junior who's only started three games and you were hurt for the majority of a season. But once you get onto that football field, you have to do some things that say, hey, this is the guy that would be starting if Sam Hartman wasn't here. Sam Hartman would have made, and we're talking ranked teams like Notre Dame is going to be in the preseason poll. Sam Hartman would have made probably 20 of those teams, 15 to 20 of those teams better. I would say closer to 20. You know, there's some teams that have the five-star quarterbacks who are going to say, hey, no, we're not taking Sam Hartman because we have our guy. Notre Dame was not one of those teams. And there's probably – 18, 19 other teams that would be exactly in in Notre Dame's boat or same boat in that case. Yeah. But Tyler Buckner is still a guy that you thought, hey, if we didn't get Sam Hartman, he'd be starting right now. And we think we can win 10, 11, 12 games with him. So what Buckner has to do is go out there and be the guy in spring practice, fall camp, and, and even in the season to show coaches like, hey, if Hartman wasn't here, we'd be just fine. Absolutely. And Buckner's threat as a runner cannot be ignored. He's a great athlete. We all know that. And in 2021, we saw Tommy Reese get Buckner on the field as a true freshman um, in these run-oriented packages. At this point, we have no idea if Jared Parker uh, will want to do that this season, assuming Hartman is the starter. But do you see a path for Buckner to see the field if Hartman is healthy and he's the starting quarterback? Do you think that they'd still try to incorporate him into the offense? I said yes before I watched all of those games. And then I watched all of those games of Sam Hartman at Wake Forest. And I was like, how do you take this guy off the field? Because I I really do think something he's really good at is game flow, managing game flow. Again, I talked about all those attributes that make him so good. He feeds off of what happens. If the defense gives up a big play and he's on the field and all of a sudden he inherited a loss and he needs to go down and tie the game, he's really good at doing that. He's really good at building leads in games that Wake Forest should. I mean, they, they blew some people out last year, even with the defense that they had. So it's just how much can you take away from 
Sam Hartman when he's clear QB one, he needs to be on the field and he's better with all of those reps. Now that said, I I think Tyler Buckner, no matter what quarterback you have, and and again, unless you have the CJ Stroud type, the Bryce Young type, the teams that I was talking about earlier that wouldn't trade for Sam Hartman, you have some of those. Unless you have a guy like that, I think Tyler Buckner can do exactly what he did in 2021 with Jack Cohn with just about any quarterback because as much as I praise Sam Hartman, there were instances where the Wake Forest offense – wasn't operating smoothly and three and outs. I mean, there were, t- there were a ton of three and outs. So if Notre Dame runs into a situation like that, where Sam Hartman goes three and out three and out again, maybe they even turn the ball over. You have a guy sitting on the sideline there who has proven to come in and kind of kickstart games or kickstart the team in games where they need a little, you know, slap on the butt or whatever it is. I say it all the time. Notre Dame doesn't beat Toledo of all teams without Tyler Buckner in 2021. Uh, Virginia Tech, obviously, that was a different situation where they kind of gave him the keys. But he did enough in that game to give the keys back to Jack Cohn and Notre Dame wins that football game. So Tyler Buckner is a player that can help you win football games. And I think even with a guy, 60-year senior Sam Hartman, there might be some instances where Notre Dame says, hey, we need something here. Go be TB12. And he, he does. He, he goes and leads Notre Dame to some points. So to answer your question, yes and no. I think Sam Hartman is really good. And some teams, Wake Forest included, would just give him the entire game. But if you're Notre Dame and you have a guy like Tyler, Tyler Buckner, maybe your circumstances are different and you let him play a little bit. Yeah, I think we're if we see him this season, it's going to be in the red zone. Some are probably oh. within 15 yards where Notre Dame just wants to run it in. You know, if they go to 21 personnel with Buckner in the backfield, that's like having three running backs back there, and that's really hard to stop. We know that Marcus Freeman wants to run the ball. All right, um, as we wrap this up here, spring practice kicks off a week from today. You'll be there in person to cover it. Outside of the quarterbacks, what players or position groups are you most excited to watch? Well, I don't want to be – this isn't boring, I guess, but I don't want to stick with the offense, but I'm going to stick with the offense. It's these – early enrollee freshman wide receivers. We spoke to all three of them a week or two before spring practices start. And I'm just thrilled to see if they can bring something to this offense right away, because I think they can. I mean, you're talking about two guys in Jaden Greathouse and Braylon James who are from the Lone Star State. Everybody knows I have an affinity for football down there. And I think those those guys are very talented, that they look like college wide receivers right away. I mean, both standing at over – six foot. I think they're both six, one over 200 pounds. They could play Rico Flores jr. From California. If, if it, if you're not talking about high school football in Texas, you're talking about high school football in Florida and California. So I think Chancey Stuckey did an awesome job in going to get those guys. And I think there, there are going to be some Twitter videos that come out where you're saying, Holy crap, look at Jaden Greathouse. Holy crap. Look at Rico Flores jr. It's going to have a lot of people excited, but now I will say temper the excitement because in fall camp last year, we saw some plays from Joe Wilkins Jr., Tobias Merriweather even, who ended up only having one catch his entire freshman season. So you're going to see some plays from these guys in the spring. Will you see plays from them in the fall? I, th- I think that'll be obviously the biggest question that everyone is asking. I think Notre Dame fans have trained themselves to not get overly excited when they see some wide receivers, especially true freshmen in spring spring practices or fall camp, whatever it is. And say okay, let's let's just see this in the games. But I really do think that Notre Dame has a couple of guys here, especially in Great House and Flores, 
who can make an impact right away. And you're still talking about a wide receiver core that's relatively thin. I mean, you lost Avery Davis, obviously. He didn't play at all last year, but you lose Braden Lindsey. You're, you're bringing back some juniors, and I mentioned before Styles and Colsey and Thomas, but you want them to take the next step. But if it takes getting nudged by some freshmen that come in and say, hey, if you're not going to perform, I'm going to take your job, I think that's the best-case scenario for Notre Dame because at the end of the day, you just need someone producing – why not these true freshmen, right? Yeah, and look, you don't have to apologize for picking the offense. I'm an offensive guy. I want to see a lot of points, which is something we haven't seen Notre Dame put up a ton um, in recent years, so I'm excited about that. All right, on the topic of receivers, though, I've got a bold prediction that I want to share with you, and then I want to hear what you've got uh, before string practice. So I think Caleb Smith, uh, the transfer from, from Virginia Tech, will be the clear wide receiver number one by the end of string practice. We know that him and Hartman already have a connection. They were actually planning to be roommates. Uh, I think when Caleb was a Wake Forest commit out of high school, he obviously didn't go there and went to Virginia Tech. They have a connection. Smith is great at catching deep balls and back shoulders. We know that's what Hartman is great at. I'm sure they're getting plenty of work together outside of just the practice. And I'm high on uh, Jaden Thomas, and I think that Notre Dame's receiving room as a whole will be really solid. But I think that Smith is going to really impress in spring and and be wide receiver number one when it's all said and done. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a a good choice. I've written highly about him at blueandgold.com. I think he's going to be the glue guy in that wide receiver room. I think he's going to be the guy that probably moves the chains the most when Notre Dame needs to move him third and seven. You know, Notre Dame's not taking a shot, but you have Sam Hartman, so maybe they are. Yeah. Uh, but it, it could be to, to Smith, the, the guy that they take the shot. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure, but I, I think he's going to catch a lot over the middle. And we, we talked about Sam Hartman. Can he make those intermediate passes? I saw enough at Wake Forest that he can. Now, a lot of those came out of the slow mesh, so I kind of want to see what he can do when he's not reading one linebacker who's getting sucked into the mesh and then he just throws to the wide open guy. Can he make – those accurate passes in the inter, inter, intermediate range. I think Smith's the guy to go to in that case. But you mentioned Jaden Thomas. I might go a little bit bolder. I don't know if this is bold. You tell me. But I think he might be Notre Dame's wide receiver one throughout the course of the season. I, I saw enough of those flashes that I mentioned earlier that if you can just consistently get that out of him every single game, I think we're talking about a guy that catches five, six, seven passes a game, probably 60, 70 yards, somewhere in there. And, and he, he showed enough in catching touchdowns. I mean, he caught touchdowns in multiple different ways where he goes up and high points a ball. He can kind of beat you in the short yardage situations too, the corners of the end zones. So your bull prediction is pretty bold. I think anytime you're talking about the Notre Dame wide receivers, you kind of have to step out onto a limb because nobody really knows. But if you say, Caleb, I'll go Jaden Thomas. Okay, I like that. And it makes sense, honestly, because Thomas really came on by the end of last season. And without Mayer, and a guy like a possession receiver. like I, It wouldn't surprise me at all if Thomas led the team in receptions at the end of the year because I think he's a really reliable target, good hands, yeah. he's big, physical. I mean, hell, half the away games, it seemed like the announcers thought he was a tight end, and I, I guess I don't really blame him because he kind of looks like one. Yeah, so I, I, I could see that playing out that way. So, all right, man, this has been great. I really appreciate the time. On the way out, where can uh, the people find you? Yeah, go to Twitter, obviously, at TBHorka, but then – Number one is go to blueandgold.com. I think we cover Notre Dame athletics like nobody else. I'll be at the women's basketball tournament in South Bend this weekend. So Notre Dame football, Notre Dame basketball. My coworker Patrick Engel is covering the men's basketball coaching search, which 
I heard you talk on this very show uh, a couple weeks ago about how much you love Notre Dame basketball and Mike Bray and all that. So uh, he, he's covering that coaching search. I'm covering the women's basketball team. And then, of course, we will keep you locked in uh, to everything Notre Dame football during spring practices. So definitely get the blueandgold.com if you're a big Fighting Irish fan. All right, well, be sure to check that out. And, Tyler, thanks again for the time, man. This has been great. Let's do it again soon, all right? Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. That's going to do it for me today. Thanks again to Tyler Horka for coming on, and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Please remember to subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, and give us a follow on Twitter at Lockdown Irish, on Instagram at Lockdown Irish Pod, and my personal Twitter account at Tyler Wojak. That's at Tyler W O J C I. AK. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, here for big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. That's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you guys tomorrow.